0: Hello everybody this is Clinton Locklear with the rant of a free trapper. Uh, It's getting almost into February if you can believe that and uh, the reason I know that because I was procrastinating to get my elk tags so I got it done uh, see if I can get out there and bring back some awesome awesome meat but I had like two hours left and procrastination is not your friend. really wasn't procrastination when you go to a completely different format of someone else's website and you're trying to go through all these steps, I've tried several times about pulling my hair out. But after talking with him and talking to a gentleman in uh, Wyoming, finally got her done. So we're gonna see if I'm bringing home some some elk meat uh, this coming up October. Look, really, really looking forward to that. Have you ever wondered if alcohol? helps you shoot a gun better or be stronger this is one of those useless pieces of information that I just found so interesting I thought I would share it with you I was listening to a podcast of a guy that uh, does a lot of his you can look it up if you got shoulder injuries it's called a shoulder stone and he was talking about that that's I've had shoulder injuries since uh High school playing football and in the military and stuff like that and this thing Supposedly is the oldest Exercise mechanism used by man on record and it's for your shoulders So I was listening to him about that because I found out about this thing and He started talking about some different things. He is a competitive power lifter If you're a power lifter if you drink alcohol within so many hours of the contest they test you you are not allowed to compete because they consider it a enhancer just like steroids or growth hormones or anything else or speed or cocaine or whatever as a power lifter I thought that was odd Uh, so if if you're wanting to lift something heavy you know, big old shot of scotch or, or, you know, knob heel or something like that. I guess it makes you stronger. But what he was explaining, it takes away all of the little voices in your head about you can't do it. You relax. Your blood pressure goes up. And the, when your blood pressure goes up, they consider that an advantage over someone that's not taking something. Because apparently if your blood pressure goes up, you can, it makes you feel like the weight is lighter. I was like, that's crazy. And then, now this is where it got nuts to me. It's also considered a drug if taken uh, so much time in front of major shooting competitions. Like the Olympics, not allowed to drink before you go out. And he was telling stories of guys that do the snowshoes, you know, and the skis, and they got the 22s, that a lot of the European countries would get hammered drunk and go out and kick butt on these shooting competitions and he was saying it takes away the voices in your head takes away any inhibition um you're relaxed and you actually shoot better if you have a couple of shots of alcohol and he was saying he's played around with this in the gym because he's not a competitive shooter and two or three shots right before you do you know you're trying to break a record or something Makes a big difference. If you get too drunk, you get hurt. And he's like, and I kind of see you on the shooting. Even though it is an advantage for a shooter to have a couple of shots of alcohol before they shoot, because they're calm, they don't get the nerves and all this. Which would you know? I've often wondered. You always see the cowboy movies, and everybody's drinking whiskey. It's like everybody drank whiskey, and then they'd go out in the street and they could like you know pull off amazing shootouts. And then when you think about it, if, if you actually shot a little bit better because you wouldn't be as shaky and you'd be calmer, that kind of makes sense to why the gunslingers are always drinking alcohol. They needed it for their courage, I guess, and they needed to stay calm. So, if you're looking for some type of legal, I guess, legal performance enhancing drug, it could be whiskey. Now since we've got that useless piece of information stuff out of the way, let's talk about something important, which is our sponsor, Funky Trap Tags and Supplies. And they are the sponsor of The Rant. They're also a sponsor of Trapping Radio, the regular program, which I'm going to be interviewing about some hog trapping here in a minute. Alan is one of those really good guys that you can trust. They've got a tremendous shipping center. They have a humongous inventory and I don't think he's gonna mind me saying this now because wholesalers already know this but a lot of the stuff that you've been using like the the aluminum setters and the the dip and stuff like that and the, the stretchers and all that from Sleepy Creek he now owns those Sleepy Creek's going out of business most people know that but if you didn't that, that's the way it is anyway he bought these particular things he bought other stuff from them I'm not even sure what it is but the setters you can't get a better set of Bear setters than Sleepy Creek. And Funky Trap Tags and Supplies is now the Sleepy Creek they're actually making them. So you know a lot of good reasons to go check them out plus they're a member of the fur brigade we get 10% off. So let's let's get into the show but before we do one little a little piece of information here guys. Uh, towards the end of February Up to I think the 1st of March, Carl and Tim, not Tim, Tim can't do it so he's out. But Carl and Chip are going to be giving a couple of instructions. And I'm going to do a little bit separate post when I do the rant tonight before the trapping radio tomorrow. And you're going to hear Carl on trapping radio tomorrow. If you want to have some absolute rock solid good trapping instruction. You need to take it from these guys. Now I'm going to be there. I won't be giving instruction, but we'll be hanging out at night and stuff like that. We're gonna. I'm going down there for shooting F and T TV show, working on some trapping TV stuff, uh, getting Travis a little bit muddy and dirty, and and getting him on his path. So that's kind of the reason I'm going to be during the day. That's our mission. But if in the evening you'll be able to hang out. They're supplying the food. They're supplying all of your. the lodging, nice lodging, really nice lodging, and it's about $750 a day, a couple of days of that, and you're going to be loaded up on more trapping information than you're going to realize. So let's get into tonight's show. Now this, I don't think this is going to be a terrible long one, but it is one that I can see being played out right now. And it's going to be played out a lot more over the next two years, and the reason I want to bring this up and I don't know if there's a tactical term for this or not. It's so you don't, you're not a fool in being played as a sucker the way that most conservatives are being played as a sucker on most issues. You hear craziness coming from the liberals. They want to do this. They want to do that. They're going to take this away. They're going to all of this type stuff and what it is they go to the farthest limits of the extreme and they start talking like it's normal and I'll give you a quick example you have most of the time a fatherless young man drugged up on all kind of ADD and depression medicine probably being bullied online No father figure whatsoever. He gets mad at people at school, so he takes a gun to school, and he starts shooting people. Media comes out, and what's the first thing they always do? They start screaming about gun control. And everybody draws their lines. And the conservatives have their line, shall not be infringed. See, that's pretty simple. Shall not be infringed. Just because a fatherless, drugged up on on antidepressants and probably ADD medicine, depressed kid does something doesn't mean the rest of the, the good gun owners are punished. That makes sense to a conservative. What do the liberals do? What they always do. They go to the farthest extreme. We need all guns off the streets. We need them out of the houses. We need And it's all, it sounds to a conservative like, uh, Hitler rose from the grave and is going to start taking all of the guns away from the Jews so he can start doing all the nasty stuff that he wanted to do to them. That's what it sounds like to us. It's, you know, we're, we, you start listening to Pelosi and, and, and that new girl from New York, she'll be right along with them and, um. Samantha is it Samantha Waters, that, that black congress lady from California, and they're screaming and hollering and beating her, you know, saying, you know, we're not civilized and we, we don't have to have guns. We've got to be more like Europe. We need to, you know, confiscate them all, make them all illegal, all, all this type of stuff. And in your head, that's the worst that can happen. So you get all fired up because they're coming to take your guns away. And you get mad and you get panicked. What the liberals are doing is negotiating. Not in the way that you me and you think about negotiating. If we're gonna, you know, if you got something I want and we start haggling over price. That's not what they're doing. What they're doing is the only term that I know what it is, and I'm not sure if this is a real term, but I've heard it called the Overton Window. Now, Glenn Beck wrote a book about this probably 10, 12, 13 years ago, and it's more of what he calls faction. It's a lot of facts and a little bit of fiction, but it goes through the history of what the Overton Window is. Uh, You know, like why we spend $2 for bottled water now. That was done the same way as gun control. It's a very fascinating book. You can probably get it pretty cheap on Kindle now, probably in paperback. But the term he used in there was Overton Window, and that's always stuck with me. I'm not sure if that's a real technical term or not. So uh, if you know what it actually is, let me know. But th- that, that's kind of what we're going to call this. The way the Overton window works is if you think about a window and you've got stuff you're going to be putting out the window and you got people that are going to be receiving this on the other side of the window, the goal of what you're doing is not the goal of what you're saying. See, I don't believe when the liberals start talking about confiscating the guns. Now, there's some actual nutbags that believe that you should lose your guns. No doubt about that whatsoever. I don't think that's their goal. Their goal is something much smaller. So this is how this works. And right now we're seeing an abortion which we're going to talk about here in a minute. With guns you can see it because for most of us that's a very personal thing that we carry uh, concealed all the time. And that's something that we hunt with and us in the military see it as uh, protection and, and different things like that. So guns to us is very, very personal. So when, when they start coming for your guns and talking about banishment, making them illegal, uh, confiscating, that's the worst scenario that me and you can come up with. You know we start talking about out of our cold dad hands and we're gonna bury them and we're gonna start buying more of them and all this type stuff. But really their goal is bump stocks. No 30 round magazines only 10. No black guns certain type of calibers the way the gun looks so when they start gun confiscation the talk the overton window and it's it's brilliant how it works it gets you to believe that when it comes down to a bump stock which I personally don't care anything about I don't I think it's a very functional tool when it when when you're hearing they're gonna take your guns they're gonna take your guns they're gonna take your guns you're gonna lose your guns oh my goodness you're gonna have to turn them in you're gonna be a criminal you start getting all anxious but you know if we just get rid of them bump stocks maybe we'll table this for a while there take it please that was their goal the whole time and everybody that falls into that trap of the overton window has got a big sucker stamp right on their forehead because that is the negotiation tool of the left. Now the Republicans are just not smart enough to do this. Either they don't have the gumption or the gonads or the backbone to do this. But the liberals are really good at this. Because if if somewhere, like there's a lot of states now where they're restricting uh, magazine size, you know, like down to six rounds, Well, if someone out there is thinking they're going to take all their guns, but all of a sudden they can keep 10 or 6 rounds, it seems a lot less. You know what? And you go along with a lot less because it's a, a quote, compromise, and you're not going to lose your guns. You know, I don't want to give up my 30 round mags for my AR, but if I have to, I can get a 10 round magazine. At least i still got the AR and I've still got my second amendment. See the goal is never to take your gun it was to drop the magazine size. You kind of follow me on what the Overton window is? It, it like right now, and you're going to see a lot more of this coming up. You've got all these liberals and progressives that are running for president. It sounds like there's going to be like 40 of them. It's going to great, be great entertainment to see how far left they go. But you're starting to see some very precise and very coordinated marketing from the progressive left, and it's tax the rich. This didn't start really till about 10-14 days ago. I mean they kind of say it every now and then, every single progressive that's running for president are coming up with their own way to tax the rich. And they're talking 70, 80, 90 percent. You want to see your, your, your pension go down, let them do this. You want to start looking for a new job, let them do this. Uh, people do not take risk without reward. Since most of the politicians don't really take risk anyway, they don't understand how, how a person works inside of a business. I'm not gonna come out with a new product and spend a bunch of money if I don't get to keep the profits from it anyway. Why would anybody do that? But you're seeing this over and over again right now with the progressive left. And it's a it's a message that's on point. They have cute little names they're putting with it and this, that and the other. Now I don't think they have any intentions of their biggest donors getting taxed 70 to 90% on their income. They're calling it like, you know, billionaire tax, 500 millionaire tax, 20 millionaire tax, you know, uh, itty bitty 1% tax. And they're, they're coming up with all these cute little names that they're putting this thing with. But it's the same message and it's throughout the whole process that it's, it's the people that are running for them, the process of the message is the same. 70 to 90% tax on rich people. Now, if you're not a rich person, I'm not a rich person. I want to be one day, but why would I even work hard enough to become that if I don't even get to keep the money when I make it? It's ridiculous because, and I can tell you right now, all of the progressive taxes always start the same way. Tax the rich, we build new programs, we can't fund them, we got to tax everybody. So my question to you is, do they really want to tax wealthy people 70 to 90%? See, that's the extreme message to cause panic inside of the market and inside of business owners. I don't think that's the real ask here. They want to bring the taxes back up to pre-Trump tax reductions and maybe a little bit more because, think about it, if you're a business owner, and say you're, you're, you do have a lot of money and a lot of assets, and they're going to take 90%, but they compromise for 35 or 40%, whew, man, we barely got out of that bullet's way, didn't we? No, 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 no. That was the full asking price to begin with in reality. Not the marketing, but in reality. The other part of this Overton window that I'm seeing is when they can't get enough money out of the super wealthy, which they're not going to be able to because they're going to get lawyers and accountants, where they're going to put it in trust funds and and all kind of nonprofits, and it's not going to hurt them at all. And the money didn't flow in, they're going to drop that down and drop it down and drop it in. Till all the way to what they call the poor is paying more taxes. That's the real ask of what they're doing. Because historically, you can see that over and over and over again. Overton window is 70 to 90% when what they really want is everybody just to give them more money. But if you don't have to pay 70 to 90%, missed it. Oh man, that was close. And everybody's going to get riled up and everybody's going to start screaming at everybody on Facebook and. People are going to start having marches about tax the rich and how bad everything is and stuff like that. I think that is what we're seeing right now with the presidential hopefuls of the left. Now, one that I find fascinating, because I've been seeing this more and more, is UN, you know, the people that aren't actually Americans, but the UN... They want to start taxing meat because of global warming, and it's there's numbers that they're throwing about, and they want to do this internationally, of anywhere from forty to sixty percent. I think that's an Overton window. They're just wanting five six percent probably, because it would be billions upon billions of dollars going into their coffers. That's not going to actually change anything except they get to make money. But they're starting off at a really high rate. They don't like, they want everybody to be vegetarians. They want everybody to live on human pet food coming out of a, of a, of a factory somewhere. They don't give a damn how sick you get from eating this stuff. They just want their money. So they come out high, and they've been, they've been on this kick now for about eight months, and whenever they come to do a vote, I bet you it's going to be somewhere around 5 to 6, maybe 10%, but that's what they wanted the whole time. See, in order not to be a sucker, you got to start, you got to start looking at what people do as a strategist. Not as a knee-jerk reactionist, because that's what most people do. When I get stuff from the NRA about some congressman I've never heard of, when we had a, a, a Republican Senate and Congress want to take our guns away and I need to donate so they can fight and this, that, and the other, I call bullshit on that every time and I throw it away. Because it's never going to pass. But they want to, even the NRA will take you through the Overton window, through marketing, to get you to get money because they want to scare you to death for some congressman that don't have a chance to get anything passed. Now, what if all of a sudden tomorrow, state started coming out and going, "We need to, we need to outlaw trapping," and there happens to be, for some reason, a big pushback to this. The way a strategist would start that campaign was all or nothing: get rid of the trapping. What are trappers going to do? We're going to want to start a revolution, for goodness sake. We're going to be incensed. We're going to be all over Facebook screaming at everybody. We're going to be calling our congressmen and our senators and putting signs in our yards and, and doing all this type of stuff and wringing other hands and calling each other on the phone. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What if they knew they couldn't get it outlawed to trap, but their ask was a six-hour trap check they would shut it down basically but it's not all or nothing oh you still get the trap you just need to check your traps every 6 hours now can you imagine what that would be like the Overton window is all or nothing what they're really going for is a shorter trap check or outlaw all trapping and then they come back and it's okay to use cages and snares well, if you thought you were actually going to lose all your trapping, the sucker of this would go, Phew. well, we almost lost everything, but at least we get our snares and our cages. Well, the goal of the whole time was to get rid of footholes, not to get rid of trapping. The Overton window, it's powerful, guys, but you've got to see stuff for what it is. And when you hear stuff that always goes to the extreme, you can almost always bet there's something coming down the line which was the intended goal to begin with. But you got to train yourself to see it. And you can't do that if you're reactionary all the time. And you, you go automatically into panic zone. It's nothing but a negotiating technique. Now, really what has set this off where I started thinking about this this way was... These crazy abortion laws that they're, that uh, New York, uh, I, as far as I can tell, has already passed it. Virginia almost did if they didn't. And there's like six or seven other states where basically, if the mom has discomfort during labor of giving a baby birth that is completely uh, healthy, you know, before the head is out of the womb completely, between her, you, you know, before her shoulders and arms wiggle out she can call for an abortion because of mental health reasons and I guess they'll just slam a hammer into the baby's head. I mean they'll have a better you know more medical sounding technique but up until birth where a baby can live on its own, it's on its way out and you can stop it. I'm not sure what this is about but when you look at polling You, the most extreme feminist and most extreme liberals, 24% is the highest crazy people numbers they can come up with where people think it's a good idea in the third trimester to be able to abort a baby because it can live. It's a baby. It's a human being. But all of a sudden now, they went to the far extreme. And you're going to hear this built up more and more until the 2020 elections, and then whatever their ask really is, we will find out in the future. I really think that's what's going on with this abortion. I don't know if it's you know up to the week before you have the baby. I don't know if it's uh, the first week of the third trimester. I don't know what it is. I don't part of me thinks it's all a farce and they want someone to take the law in New York to the Supreme Court if they can keep Sotomayor alive long enough that Kavanaugh goes against this and now they have an issue for the 2020 election because Trump's. if we let Trump win he's going to put another right wing woman hating abortion hating pro-choice hating person in there and they can bring out more votes. That could actually be what the what the ask is. I'm not really sure because you can't even find enough people in a poll to even come close to how they think. Anybody, now. It, even their own side is 24% is all the crazy people they can find in the liberals to come up with it's okay to kill a baby in the third trimester. Much less as you're giving birth. It's too far extreme to just to be what it is because that's not the way the liberals work. They do this to us over and over and over again. They always talk about compromise, but they never do. They always talk about how we have to meet in the middle, but every time we meet in the middle, the middle gets moved farther left. And we're just too big of suckers as conservatives to see the ploy for what it really is. Now, there is an advantage to this. Everything's got positives and negatives. If you're negotiating with somebody, think about the Overton effect, Overton window, just a little bit. See, a lot of people do this now when negotiating smaller stuff, and it throws people really, really, really out of whack. Because it can go both ways. Say a car is worth 10000 you see the car, you like the car, you want the car. You see a for sale sign, you go ask the car, buy the car, and you find out it's nineteen thousand. Or you're going to look at the car and it's worth ten, and they got ten, and all of a sudden you offer them four. You see how that extreme goes both ways. Well, if no one's really offered them anything on the car, and you're after six thousand dollars less on a ten thousand dollar car, but you come in at eight, which is what you originally wanted. That's how this works. You can use that on houses. You can use it on cars, guns, different things like that. Because the person panics if they don't know what's going on. I want you to understand what's going on if that starts happening to you. Just think about this a little bit, guys. When you see stuff that goes off the charts insanity for something, you're probably dealing with a technique, not reality. And once you understand the game, because I'm probably going to be doing a, a talk about what I've I've really been. I woke up about 2 o'clock in the morning the other morning, couldn't could not go to bed because this idea of the game was like bouncing in my head like a demon doing jumping jacks and I couldn't go back to sleep and I'm working all of this out and there was a lot of clarity that came to me about different things in life so what I'm probably going to do on that one is put it on the fur brigade but the game if you understand what the liberals are doing as a game you play the game figure out what the rules are figure out what the how you win the game and you work towards winning the game See it's a a lot less emotional if you can keep it in a game setting it's just a game who's gonna be smarter who's gonna have more tenacity who's going to be uh, more creative you gotta know what the game is problem is most people today in America don't realize that they're in a game with the liberals and it's the Overton window. So we're playing different games and they're winning all the time because they know what the rules are and we don't. We need to quit being suckers when it comes to this stuff.